faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Faith, family, freedom, it all still matters here. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. One thing that I think we can all agree on is that we are learning a lot right now through this COVID-19 pandemic and the government response to it. Part of it has to do with health. I mean, how do we deal with a brand new virus? That's all something we're learning about. How do we handle commerce? How much dependency should we have on government? Those are all really important questions, but there's another one that is equally as important, and that is how do we continue educating our young people in this country when there is an emergency like this? I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for staying with us on American Viewpoints. Just at the end of January, we had uh, an annual event called School Choice Week, which, you know, obviously a lot of think tanks and a, a lot of activist groups are, and a lot of politicians are involved with, but it took on a unique part in our conversation this year because of that pandemic. I'm joined now by uh, Corey DeAngelis. And Corey, thanks so much for the uh, time today. And when you went through School Choice Week, always a busy time for you, but how much was the conversation different now that we're in the COVID era? Well, the case for school choice has been stronger than ever. If you look at the response from the public school system and its reluctance to reopen or its inability or unwillingness to reopen for so many families across the country. And families are kind of fed up right now because they're seeing that they're getting the short end of the stick and they're getting a really bad deal because they're left scrambling trying to figure out how to educate their children properly when the public schools are just not there for them. And if you look at the private sector, private schools have been open for a really long time, or they've been fighting really hard to try to reopen. And in places like Kentucky and other states, the private schools actually took the fight to the courts when the government tried to shut them down. Kentucky's fight actually made it up all the way to the Supreme Court, whereas the public schools have been fighting for the opposite, and the teachers unions have been fighting for the opposite. In so many places, they've been fighting to remain closed. And the difference isn't one of motivations or intentions. I think the difference is one of incentives. It's that one of these sectors gets your money regardless of whether they open their doors for business. And so families are seeing this, that they're, that they're getting left out of the conversation. And so support for school choice initiatives, something that I call funding students instead of systems, is at an all-time high. There's been an increase in support by 10 percentage points in just a few months. If you look at the latest national polling from Real Clear Opinion Research, and again, I think families are seeing that these buildings are closed, they're scrambling, the money's staying in the closed building, and they're getting left out of these conversations. If you look at grocery stores, for example, if a grocery store doesn't reopen, let's say your neighborhood Safeway doesn't reopen, you can take your money elsewhere. I think families are looking at this and saying, well, if my school doesn't reopen, we should similarly be able to take our children's education dollars elsewhere. So in a sense, I think the teachers unions this year, by keeping so many schools closed, have actually overplayed their hand and started to provide free advertising for school choice during school choice week because families are amped up right now and fired up and, and legislators all across the nation, including in Missouri and about 13 other states, have introduced legislation to fund students directly 
as opposed to institutions. One of the interesting things about the entire debate over education, freedom, school choice, whatever term you you prefer, is that it's not necessarily a Republican versus Democrat. Um, and it kind of blends through those lines. Now that people really have been forced into pseudo homeschooling or seeing the need for education, regardless of what the other circumstances are, are we finding a broadening of the types of people or the demographics of people who are learning more or coming on board the argument for school choice? Yeah, you're seeing people from all different types of backgrounds supporting school choice, no matter how you break down the demographic graphic characteristics. But it tends to be if you ask the teachers unions how they whether they support it or not, they're way more likely to not support school choice initiatives, obviously, because it threatens their geographic monopoly. They get your children's education dollars regardless of whether they even open their doors for business. So, of course, they're going to fight against it. But if you look at different uh, political persuasions and other types of background characteristics of school choice initiatives, constituents overwhelmingly support uh, funding students directly as opposed to systems. And this year in particular, it's becoming even of a, a less partisan divide because so many families, regardless of their background, are fed up with the response of the public school system. I mean, just look at the way that remote learning has been implemented in so many of these places. The failing grades in so many school districts has gone up by a lot. For example, in my area, Fairfax County Public Schools, the number of students who have failed two or more classes this year have increased by 83% since last year. And you're seeing this as a nationwide trend. Look at the latest study from McKinsey and Company estimates that children are losing between one and three months of learning this year because of school closures. And then you're also seeing other non-academic harm uh, happening this year, such as mental health issues. One county in, in the Las Vegas area, Clark County Public Schools, that area has actually seen a doubling of, uh, uh, of child or teen suicides this year relative to last year. So there's a lot of problems here. Families are scrambling um, and they're starting to support the idea that if your school doesn't work for you for whatever reason, that money should follow the child to wherever they're getting an education. So I think this might be the year of school choice. 2021 might be the year of school choice, partially because of the power imbalances that have been illuminated by the coronavirus pandemic. Families are seeing now more than ever that they're getting a bad deal. We're visiting with Corey DeAngelis. He's both the director of school choice at the Reason Foundation and the executive director for the Education Freedom Institute. And Corey, one of the arguments that's being made against the school choice is, but wait a minute, if you fund the students and they can go wherever they want, uh, there's an argument that public schools aren't funded enough as it is, and and you're going to uh, you're going to crumble the system that so many people, particularly the low income, rely on for the education for their children. Not to mention other things like meals and and things like that. So what about the argument saying, but if you allow school choice, if you allow parents and kids to choose where they're going to go, you're going to hurt the public school system. We've increased per pupil education expenditures in real terms by. 280% since 1960. And each decade, we've thrown more and more money at the problem. But throwing more money at the problem is not going to fix things without changing the inherent incentives to do a good job for individual families and cater to their needs. You can spend tens and thousands and even $100,000 per student and still get the same results if you're not changing how you allocate those resources in an effective way. And what's interesting is a lot of people on the other side will say school choice defunds the public schools, to which I respond, school choice doesn't defund public schools. Public schools, absent school choice programs, defund families. School choice initiatives just return that money to the hands of the rightful owners 
who can then take that money to the public school if they're doing a good job. But if not, for whatever reason, that money should follow the child to wherever they're getting an adequate education, which could be a private, it could be a home-based option, it could be a charter school. The money doesn't belong to any particular institution, public or private. Education funding is supposed to be meant for educating children, not for propping up and protecting a government monopoly. We should fund the students directly instead of the system. And, you know, if, if you're What's interesting here also is this argument from the other side is essentially an admission that they believe that when given the option, families would leave and lose and leave and go to another institution, which tells you that they don't even believe themselves that they're doing a good job for so many families. Why would your schools be defunded if you were doing a great job for individual families? That's the real question here. You would, I mean, you would similarly think it would be absolutely ridiculous for someone to say that allowing families to choose their grocery store defunds Safeway. No one would say that because everybody understands that your money doesn't belong to Safeway or Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. It belongs to the family. Similarly, education dollars are supposed to be meant for the children. It belongs to the children and their family. The money should follow the child to wherever they're getting an education. And you're posting a lot on Twitter every time a different state around the country advances some kind of education freedom. So where do we find you on Twitter to start with here? It's at DeAngelis Corey. Uh, it's just my last name and then my first name, and I post all these updates. But we also have a map at educationalfreedominstitute.efinstitute.org, and it's the active legislation map on the website where we're tracking all of these bills to fund students directly. And Missouri has one in particular that recently just passed out of the uh, Senate Education Committee, and it's uh, moving towards the Senate floor to fund students directly through an education savings account. And once again, that's efinstitute.org, you said. Yep. All right, Corey, thanks so much for the uh, the time. Really appreciate the, the uh, insight and perspective and uh, the conversation about this. This is too important to not talk about. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right, and thank you for making American Viewpoints part of your weekend. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Well, let us know through the American Viewpoints Facebook page, and you can also connect with me on Twitter as well. Just look up at AVP Radio Show. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thanks again. We'll talk to you again next week. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school can feel like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. FindSomethingNew.org offers resources that help develop new skills. Skills that can position you for careers in today's growing industries, from healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Find your path to a new career at FindSomethingNew.org. A message from the Ad Council.